when the artist is in the stage, he can be animal, he can be man, he can be woman, he can be what he wants. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you Hello guys, how are you doing? You're listening to Bella Dance Live podcast and I'm so happy to present you this episode that we are having today and I'm very pleased to have Igor Kishka on the Bella Dance Live podcast. Igor is one of those very controversial and definitely mind-blowing artist that most sure will challenge your understanding of ballet dance art and the stage area in general and uh, so many topics that we talk today as how to stay true to yourself how to find your own voice how not to follow stereotypes or what's uh, regarded as uh, should be followed too but simply to find and be true to yourself and that's the reason why i call this episode uh, just always be true to yourself because this is one of the keys not only to success and dance but similar to happiness and finding your artistic voice and satisfaction in in the art that you are doing so i really wish everyone will find their own artistic voice just the same way igor uh, found his and uh, sharing now it with all of us uh, international teacher performer he travels all around the world teaches workshops performs uh, he also teaches in brazil where he is from and where he is uh, based uh, at uh, and uh, we had a pleasure talking uh, via skype for this conversation so while you are gonna listen to the interview just imagine sitting somewhere outdoor in brazil also hearing nice singing of birds around and all the outdoor environments and sounds so i hope you will get a little bit of feel of that conversation too while listening to the interview and uh, never forget that we are all very unique and we all have uh, something very special to contribute to the world and to specifically to ballet dance world and uh, this specialness is also in you and i really hope that you will uh, have and get this message throughout this conversation but uh, before we dive into the interview, I also want to give a special thanks to one more special member of our Baladance community, which is Baladance Evolution Company. And I truly feel that Baladance Evolution, directed by Jelina, is one of those companies that definitely will leave a mark in the history of Baladance because of its unbelievable contribution to the development of this art form. Do not miss their performance of Phantasm 2019 in Sydney on March 9th, 2019, 
also don't forget that BDE is starting a new program to push dancers to their next level, Jelena's BDE experience. The debut intensive is this March already in Los Angeles. You can apply by January 27th for consideration. And more information about both performances and program you can find at their website, BaladinSolution.com. And now, without any further delays, let's dive into the amazing interview with Igor Kishka. Hello, Igor. Welcome to our show. Welcome to podcast and uh, so much looking forward to, to talking to you today. Thank you for taking your time to join us. <laughs> Thank you so much for this amazing invitation. It's my pleasure. So I always start every interview just to start our conversation. Um, can you tell us, do you remember your very first uh, ballet dance class? <laughs> wow. Yes, I remember. Uh, was terrible, really, <laughs> was really terrible because uh, in the beginning I didn't take belly dance class. I I saw one of my best friends, she was dancing in that, in that time I have like 15 years old and was my first time seeing something different. I always like used to see television shows, but I think maximum ballet something like that but when i saw her dancing i was like in shock like oh my god how she can move her hips and the hands it's so beautiful it's so different and after uh we became more friends more close and she started to teach me but was not like really like classes i was in her house inside the room and she put some music and start like okay let's try to dance with me you can do this and really, I was terrible. Uh, for example, figure eight, like Maya. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. It was really difficult for me and was amazing, amazing movement. I was shocked, like, oh my God, how she can do that? It's impossible. And she helped me a lot. She taught me all the basic movements and was really amazing and was my first experience with dance i never danced before and how how later did it uh, transition because now it's your profession basically so from those times what were the key points in your study process <laughs> yes i feel like when i i meet the oriental dance i i became a how I say that addicted mm -hmm. yeah like that because I I can't stop dance I dance all the time and my mom was very angry she was like why you dance so many times and also my father in that time I I don't have any other type of conversation it's just about dance like mom see this video looks how nice this girl is or look like how she is amazing and blah, blah, blah. And my mom and my father was angry. Like, why you just talk about that? And I danced like all the day. After I started to take some classes with Lulu Sabonji, also Aziz Amor from Sao Paulo. Uh, I took some workshops, but I, I keep my focus and the girls from the Russian and also from Ukraine. And after I took some private classes, workshops, and every time that I have chance to take classes in some festivals that I also go, I do. 
Mm. So for me, it was very natural, but be- maybe because all my life, I can't do like nothing. I really, I'm terrible in sports, <laughs> really, really terrible. So when I find something that I can do, I feel like, oh my God, I need to put all my heart, all my soul, all my energy on that. And I just practice a lot. Even today, I dance like four hours just for me every day. Hmm. And uh, uh, what was the transition uh, that you first thought about dance as a career? This is was also <laughs> really difficult. Because when I start uh, here in Brazil, the people normally they don't accept it so good. Uh, men's dancing, even bel dance. Bel dance, it's not like so, so popular for mm-hmm. men's. So when I start, my mom became worried, like, oh my God, if my son go to Egypt or some country, they will <laughs> kill him or he will be arrested, something like that. And she asked me to, to dance, don't dance, like just do for hobby, but not be professional. And I was like, mm, okay, mom, I will do that. But it was like something natural, you know, they start to invite me. I was like, mom, I want to go because I uh, have really good girl there or really good uh, maestro there. I need, I want to go. And she just accept. And now my family, they support me a lot. Mm. But it was was a little bit like a confusing part. But it was okay. Mm. But that's so important to have family support. And uh, uh, this is something I feel uh, uh, many people struggle, regardless of the uh, girls or guys who are doing belly dance, but especially in their like, early ages. Uh, then you still have a lot yeah. of uh, support and connection to family. And um, can you, because you kind of went through this confusing part that uh, your parents were worried about you doing ballet dance and now they're very supportive. So you went through this part. Can you some give some tips or advise some people who are now maybe in this confusing stage that they really want to do ballet dance, they're very passionate, but they are uh, either they're parents or their family or their close friends they don't really um, understand uh, uh, this love into belly dance can you can you give some tips or advices on how to navigate this situation oh i i can try it but it's like that uh, me and my family we are very close so for example my mom is like my best friend also my father so when they told me this like please just dance for hobby I feel like that I cannot be uh, real me. I, I, I don't know how to say. It's like I cannot, uh, I can't live a lie. I need to be through with my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I try to do my best. And I promise to my mom, like, I will try to do my best. But if I feel that I need to go to the stage and become professional, I, I will do. And I need your support. And if you don't support me, I will understand your side, your opinion, but I will be very glad if you just support me. You don't need to see me. You don't need to to pay my costume. You don't need to, to do nothing. Just tell me like, okay, I agree with you and have good luck. Good luck on the stage and I will be here for you. So it's the reason that my mom helped me in this, this way. 
And after a time, she started to help me to do my costumes and to choose my music. But in the beginning, it's a little difficult because I was a teenager in that time. And I don't know what happened, but when we are teenagers, we feel that <laughs> nobody <laughs> understands us. It's like, oh my God, so much feelings, nobody understands me. But when you focus in something and, and you really want that, you need to work hard. And, but if you work in the right place and in a good way and you respect everyone and you show like uh, that, you, that you are a really seriously person, that the people will respect you, it's, I think it will, it will be fine. Hmm. Because when you go to some place and you just joke every time and maybe the people will think like, oh, he's not so serious, he's not so professional. But when you just work and you do like good good things, I think it's, it's more easy to the family to support you. Hmm. I also feel it's so important that you also showed your respect to their opinion because this is something that we all struggle like oh if they don't understand us how how it can be possible but we sometimes forget to understand other people too and that they can have different opinions so even if they may not like belly dance but you simply just ask for support not like to love or accept your passion to belly dance and yeah uh, slowly it gradually <laughs> builds yeah, up yeah it's like it's like, for example, uh, I don't like hot places. I love cold places. But if I, I meet someone that loves uh, summer and blah, 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 I don't need to agree. I don't need to disagree. I just need to respect. So if they have different opinion about belly dance, I respect this. I don't want that they love belly dance. Just support me. Like, Igor, okay, you are working with belly dance. We support you if you need something. If something happened, you can come to us. We will give you a hug. We will support you. But it, it's just like that, I think. Mm. First, I start to, to respect, respect this different opinion of mine about belly dance. My father still don't like it. He looks like belly dance. For example, he can look me, Lulu, and Fifi Abdu, and he will say, they are the same. It's nothing <laughs> different. My father is like that. But every time that I need something like, oh, I need something. I need your help to get this visa. He do very quickly. He do very easy and always support me, always help me. Mm. So I think it was a good, good idea <laughs> to don't force like belly dance. Like you need to love belly dance with me. Yeah. It was like, okay, if you don't like, it's okay. That's awesome. Awesome reminder for everyone. Um, you mentioned also that your uh, dance practice it started with your friend. Uh, and then uh, yeah. I assume that even throughout all these years of your practice, it was a lot of uh, self-practice that you practice on your own. And even now you mentioned that you practice, you dance four hours every day for yourself. How does this training uh, process looks like? Do you have any specific routines or is it just improv or is it choreography? Can you bring us a little bit inside your creative process? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, in the truth, I'm a really lazy person. I like to sleep and I like to eat and relax. But when I, I listen to music, I need to, 
to dance. So all my day I'm dancing. For example, I go to my room, to the kitchen, I'm going turning. And when I'm, I'm washing the kitchen, I do shimmy, I dance baladi. And, but when I focus uh, in these four hours, normally I do like that. One hour I do improvisation. Second hour, I create choreography. Uh, third, I do like uh, just a few movements. For example, I need something new about uh, hair toss. So I choose some movements to try to create, to try to change something. And after, I became to shimmy and stretching. Mm. So normally I do like that. But one hour improvisation, I think, is the most worst because I just put a lot of music, like Oriental Routine, uh, classical, classical song, pop song, ballady, and I just go and just dance. Mm. Why, why the worst? <laughs> because it's hard. Because if you try to dance, like not like soft, but if you put energy in each movement that you do for one hour, don't like no stop, it's too difficult. Mm. It's really difficult. When you dance like like soft without use so much energy, you can dance like one hour very easy. But when you dance one hour with strong movements and so much energy, when finish one hour, you feel like, oh my God, I will die. <laughs> and uh, during this uh, improvisation hour, what is your main focus? Is it more just training physicality or is it... Uh, uh, you trying to come up with new movements or is it like, what is the, actually I would formulate it differently. What is the importance of uh, practicing or having improvisation part in your day-to-day -day practice? Normally when I, I do this improvisation practice, I record because sometimes when you, we just improvise something we do some movements that for example if you i try to create choreography i dance and after i try to reproduce this again but have some movements that i never i never remember mm -hmm. it's like oh my god what i do here i i can't remember and sometimes in the improvisation we can hear very specifically like uh small detail like da -da -da -da. <laughs> this pling sometimes we hear sometimes no so i like to do that and here in brazil uh i think most of the people they dance like improvisation i like to dance choreography but improvisation here they they love it so sometimes here in shows they ask me to dance improvisation so i train i practice for this oh so it's specific request even for improvisation that's interesting yeah and uh, then you record your video. Do you rewatch it uh, like the whole entire hour, or is it for specific moments? Uh? Yes, I watch. After these four hours, I take shower, I do coffee, I relax a little bit, and I watch. Mm. Normally, I, I hate everything, but <laughs> have some parts like one, two seconds. Oh, these two seconds, I like it. I will try to to do this again. Mm. But normally, it's just like. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I need to be better on these, on these, on these, on these. Oh my God, <laughs> this is so terrible. God, we are so hard on ourselves all the time. <laughs> um... Yeah, oh my God. I really, I really can't, uh, I never was like seeing my videos like, oh, I'm looking fabulous, I look amazing. No, it's like, oh my God, I look like shit. 
I'm terrible. Oh my god. Uh, it's so funny. It's so funny to hear because uh, you're adored by so many ballet dancers and so many people come to your workshops and want to study uh, with you and just watch your video to get inspiration and to hear from you how how hard you are <laughs> on your skills. That, uh, But I think this is the um, trait of professionals who never stop to develop. Uh, because yeah. a lot of people, like whenever we um, even listen to some of the previous interviews on the podcast, a lot of people who um, we can say almost like they made it in ballet and so on, but they still treat themselves like, oh, I'm just in the beginning of my learning process and improving improving skills. Yeah, I, I, I feel this, for example, I I never try, not never try, but I never stop it to study. I always want to study more and more about belly dance. For example, I was in Siberia, in Russia, and I I learned with my organizer there and also with one girl from Singapore, uh, like really specific topic about balladie. And that like blows my mind. I was there for, for teach and I was like, oh my God, this is so new for me. Please teach me. I need to, to know this. And when I, I came back to my house, I was like for one com complete week to to write everything and listen music like, oh, so it's like that. Oh, I was like freaking out about this mm -hmm. new topic. Mm -hmm. And this always happened. I love to, to teach something new. And when I do like workshops, I don't like workshops that I can really dance. I like workshops that I feel like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this technique. I don't know how to reproduce this uh, sequence. Because after that I made video and then it became, I, I come back to my house, I can study. Because if I do to some workshop and I can do everything really, really good, it's like I just dance uh, in different like way, but I can reproduce all these techniques. But when I don't know how to reproduce, I need to come back to my house. I need to study more. I need to to become better. If I just do to one workshop and all the choreography, it's it's okay for me. It's like okay, I can dance this choreography now. I already know. It's not so hard technique. So all the workshops I I try to do, and when I finish the workshops, like okay. I can't dance. It, this is too difficult for me. I feel like bad, like like sad. But when I back to my house, I have so much material to study, and this is I like it. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's the only like way to uh, grow and develop skills is to go to somewhere that is unknown for us. <laughs> How to say like come yeah. out of the comfort box. And uh, uh, even there is a moment of frustration, like, how can it be possible I can do it? But it's basically the signal of which direction to, to go and to improve uh, your skills. Then you yeah. go to festivals as a teacher. Uh, do you attend uh, um, workshops of other dancers there? Yes. Yes, I always try. Sometimes uh, it's really hard because I, I, I'm living in Brazil. So, for example, I was in Siberia. I tried to take a workshop. The first workshop was from Sergei Ermakov, but it was like two days travel. And he was the first workshop, like seven in the morning. 
So I, I don't have energy to wake up. So I was really upset about that. But after I I tried to watch everything. And when I was in my room, I tried to, to reproduce. Mm. And uh, I know that some uh, dancers, they sometimes have uh, this concern that, oh, once I start teaching, I can't go public to some someone else class i only can take private classes uh, what's your approach to this like does it uh uh okay i may say it roughly but i think you'll get the idea like does the fact that you as a teacher ex- um attend someone else workshop as a student in this case does it bring your teacher's level down in any way i think no because you know Uh, I am a teacher in my style, in Igor's style. But, for example, in your style, I'm not teacher. I'm a student. And all, even the, the big teachers, they still continue being like students. For example, uh, Russian girls, very famous Ukrainian girls, they join like Egyptian classes. So they are amazing and they're still going. I just like to to go because uh, what I do will continue inside me. What I know will be the same. If I go to someone's workshop, I will do the classes because I respect that that person. If the person don't go to my classes, it's not it's nothing. Like uh, it's like it's not my problem. You know, if I go to someone's class, the people, for example, here in, in Brazil, uh, it's not everyone that travel around the world. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe five or six. And we don't have men that go out from Brazil. But even they work just inside Brazil, I took classes with them because I, I like it. Uh, everyone have something special. Everyone have some technique from the heart. And if I join these classes, the people don't need to be famous. If he do, uh, and if he work with the heart, he will teach me something good. Mm-hmm. And will not change my name. Like, oh, okay, Igor travel around the world. But he's doing like local classes. Why? He needs to go to private. I think if I have like a really specific topic, Uh, very different from everyone from that class. I can go to private class and ask, like, how I do this problem? How I fix this? How I do that? It's okay. But when someone have different proposal uh, of classes, something like that, I, I like it to enjoy because everyone have something special, have the their own style. It's And this, I love it. Mm, yeah, so true. Like... Uh... Everyone is very unique and everyone has to contribute uh, something to the big ballet dance world. Yeah. You mentioned something early in our conversation that uh, then you uh, were just studying and developing your style. You were, after practicing with your uh, friend, you also start attending uh, festivals, some other workshops, and also you mentioned that you got inspiration from Ukrainian and Russian dancers. Uh, or did I yeah. misinterpret it? <laughs> no, I, in that time, I tried to follow, like, some dancers, they say that it's wrong. Like, 
don't have like Brazilian style, don't have Ukrainian, Russian, Argentinian, don't have this style. It's one style, Oriental style. I agree, but in the same time, I don't agree. Mm. Because, for example, in ballet, we have Royal, Vaganova, and I think Cuba style. So if you follow this line, it's Vaganova. If you do like this, it's wrong. So, okay, uh, you have three lines and you follow these lines. But uh, Oriental dance, they never was together to create like the real line. So, for example, okay, I dance Oriental style. Okay, so please describe me. What is the real shimmy, the real uh, hip drop, the real figure eight? Everyone is doing different. Even Egyptian. If the Egyptian people are doing different, for example, look at the golden age. The golden era was like Samia uh, Gamal is completely different from Tahia Carioca, then it's completely different from uh, Naima Kif. And even now, Tito is completely different from Tommy King, that it's completely different from Dina, that it's completely different from Randa. So you just like, if you like Dina, follow her. If you like Randa, follow her. If you like uh, Jelena, follow her. If you like Daria, follow her. It's like, uh, for me now, Oriental dance, it's more like art. It's just art, but don't have like a specific line. So if you like it, you do. But I don't, now, if the person's asking me like, okay, Igor, what you teach? I teach Oriental style, but it's like... Uh, Inspiration. It's my style, and my inspiration is in Oriental dance. Mm -hmm. I think it's better. But when I, I start, I try to now become better to your question. When I start, I try to to took some classes with uh, Brazilian girls, but that style was really uncomfortable on my body. It was not so natural. I feel like oh my god, I feel very strange. And in that time, I saw videos from Ukrainian and Russian girls. And I remember in that time here in Brazil, the internet was terrible. I <laughs> I took one paper and I tried to write the name to, to find again mm -hmm. on YouTube. And in that same time here in Brazil, so many people, they changed the names. Like uh, Mahaila and Helua, it's Gabriela. Uh, Esmeralda is Giovanna. So I was like, oh my God, my name is Igor. I need to change. Okay, so let's try. Mohammed, no. Uh, mm -hmm. And I tried to find the Arabic name, but I didn't like it. So I saw like Alexei Hebushapka. I was like, ah, if someone can memorize Alexei Hebushapka, I can use Igor Kishka. So I use my name. It was like natural. And by the way, regarding your name, uh, it sounds uh, very much uh, Ukrainian. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> uh, connections to Ukraine? Yes, uh, my grandfather is from Germany, but her parents are from Ukraine. Mm. And my my surname Kishka it means cat yeah. in Ukrainian language. Yeah, then I heard first uh, Igor Kishka, I was like, oh, is he Ukrainian? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, so many people ask me. When I was in Russia the first time, a lot of girls, they came to me and start to speak in Russian. Uh -huh. And da -da 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 -da. I was like, 
Yani gavario paruske. Yani ponimayo. But you have very nice Russian pronunciation right now. <laughs> But now I start to study. Mm -hmm. Now I can write, I can read, I can say some uh, sentences, uh, some words. But it's really difficult, really, really difficult. Mm. Uh, my husband has also now the struggle the same. He's also Brazilian and he's now trying to learn Russian. He's like, oh my God, how you speak that language? <laughs> really? Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, Uh, but coming back to Brazil, um, you mentioned that you studied uh, with Brazilian dancers and that their style didn't feel right about on your body. Oh, first of all, I even want to reflect earlier what you said, because when you start talking about different styles of ballet, I was like, here, yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Not only me. <laughs> speak about this because it's so true like in every dance i'm not i'm like i'm not an expert in every dances but i assume in like not only ballet or belly dance even i don't know tango ballroom in probably in absolutely every dance there still will be some styles maybe not geographically related but according to schools like in martial arts there are so many like different styles according to who developed specific style or not so It's sometimes like I also like I follow like the same as you like I respect different opinions and of course Oriental has roots and it has some uh, specific characteristics like you can't just put what whatsoever and call it still Oriental it still needs to be somehow embedded in the roots but even if you are looking at Egyptian teachers they're all so different it's like who among them does really oriental style? it's so confusing everyone will say i'm egyptian i do oriental but at the same time they're so different so thank you for bringing up this topic i feel a lot of dancers also like have this feeling like yes thank you for telling this and uh, now coming back to all these styles and different geographic uh, uh, interpretations let's say of oriental What would you describe as a characteristic of Brazilian style that you experienced during your study? And then uh, what was more familiar to you in so-called Ukrainian or Russian style of ballet dance? First of all, Brazilian dancers are crazy about Oriental routine. They love it so much, really. But they love not like short one. They like to dance like nine, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the most like uh, famous here in Brazil. It's Oriental routine, uh, what? and also improvisation. And let's just specify right away. What exactly do you mean by Oriental routine? Like mise en scène, mesjans. Mm -hmm. They love it. Mm -hmm. Like Jomana. Mm, do you know the music Jomana, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, like like that. They love this style of music and long mm -hmm. and also dancing in improvisations. From Russian and Ukraine, I think uh, the most different it's the type of techniques um, in this style. They dance so much more lyrical pop song and always choreography. Not always, but maybe nine hundred percent. It's choreography. <laughs> And I like it more because sometimes when I go to the stage and I have some problem like uh, in my family or personal problem, if I try to do improvisation, I will be bad. 
of course, because my mind has some problem. But if I do choreography and I don't know, my dog was killed, my mom was like uh, raped, something like that. I have choreography, so I just dance my choreography and nobody will notice that have some problem with me. So I give quality for the to the audience. So I like choreography because that. And it's the reason that I I feel more comfortable with the style from the girls from Ukraine, Russian, Belarus, this type mm. of countries. It's more it's more nice for me, of course. Yeah, of course. And uh, then you prepare your choreographies. Uh, do you have any I don't know choreographic secrets that make your performances look so nice and gorgeous on stage? Uh, do you have any? approach on how to create choreographies because this is one of the main uh, pain points to many beginners dancers who like I don't know how even to start doing dance <laughs> yeah normally I try to to put like not I, I don't never build like all the complete choreography in the beginning I listen the music and I start with like some points mm -hmm. like if you have four minutes I put four movements, but in the parts that I like it more, like, okay, here I do back bend or pragit. I do this. Uh, here I will turn. Here I do hair. Here I do shimmy. Okay, so, and about the rest. And normally I put music, the same music. I try to do improvisation and to memorize these parts. After I dance again and again and again, and I... I Um, I still hear the the music for maybe two weeks, and after mm -hmm. I start to to create. But in the beginning, it's difficult. And uh, how long uh, your choreographies leave? Let's say how 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 fast you can get bored with the same choreography? Um, for example, when I was in China, in one month, I I can't dance and can even hear the song again. Because I, there I was like eight cities, maybe nine, and I teach like nine times the same choreography. And when this happened, I, I don't like it so much. But when I I teach, for example, here I teach one choreography. In the next country, I change the music, I change choreography. So I even use it on my shows. So, for example... Yesterday, two days ago, I was in one show here in Brazil and I danced one choreography that I teach in China, but I teach like two years ago. Mm. And I was like, okay, now I can, I can go back to hear this song. I already love this song again. I don't hate, but normally I like it. And I like to teach songs that I also can dance in the stage. I'd like to teach the same level. Mm. Yeah, that's so... Uh, so important. Uh, but why do you think uh, it more appeals to you to teach uh, your own uh, choreographies uh, rather than adapt it to the workshop choreographies? Normally, I teach like three ways. I teach like my way. Like, for example, if I do backbend very fast or very fast turns, I teach this But after I do options, like if you cannot do uh, like back bend, you can do this movement, like just hair. Or if you can do like 10 turns, do five more slow. But I try to to teach 
it's like it's the same rhythm like dum, 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 dum. okay i can do like a million of turns but always do in the rhythm in the beat dum, dum, dum. just follow the music and if they can't uh, if it's impossible for them to do like a million turns okay do one but do with quality so i always give like options like uh like professional option intermediate and basic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also when i finish my classes they can record uh the explanation and also the choreography when i dance in music so they have two videos it's like short video class like okay so we start with right left and blah 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 and now we turn and after i put music and i dance mm -hmm. yeah uh, i saw I don't know how long time ago teachers start doing it, but I saw at a couple workshops that at the end is not only recording actual uh, dance to the music, but like this quick explanation. Uh, to me, it's sort of a new trend last few years started. I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. someone started much earlier, I just I don't notice. But it's uh, something also very valuable because sometimes uh, on the video of... Uh, Especially if you come to your workshop in terms of like you can't do everything, meaning it's your workshop in terms like this is the place for you to study. So not necessarily you manage mm -hmm. to dance everything. You you get something that is completely new to you. And then even if you record teachers just simply dancing to the uh, music, it's very easy after like a week or two, even watching that video, miss that detail like... Unless yeah. it was like explained, so uh, yeah, that's a very uh, cool, uh, cool and useful uh, trick. Like just um, quick explanation. Yeah, I I like to do that because, for example, living in Brazil, when I start to fall in love with r girls from Ukrainian Russian, uh, I was like, oh my god, I need to take this class, I need to take this workshop, and. I just have like one opportunity. For example, uh, Daria Mitskivi, she's amazing. She came one time in Brazil, I think 2014. And just two, two, yes, just two workshops. And she leaves. I never meet her again. So I was like, oh my God, I just have the choreography. I don't have explanation, don't have nothing. So, and also this happened with other teachers from Egypt, from uh usa from europe from so many countries so i, I in that time i thought like a student like if one day i teach for someone i will give a little bit explanation mm -hmm. they need to record this because i don't have explanation in these videos <laughs> so it's difficult for me so i will do more easy for other persons mm, yeah so true like as the teachers we, we learn uh, from our student here so much too or as uh, from being a student we learn as a teachers too talking about your uh, performances and style you also have very gorgeous costumes all the time so who who is working in your costumes is it your designs or is it someone else designs like how because they are really gorgeous <laughs> thank you it's it's my design uh my mom and the sister of my mom they do my my costumes in the beginning was not so good quality because we didn't know we didn't uh, do costumes before so was like okay just let's try if it works okay if not works 
okay, so God help us. And we just start to do. Now it's more easy uh, because we already know how to buy material, crystals, uh, fabrics, and becomes more easy and more natural for us. But I really want to buy some costumes from designers from other countries, but it's difficult to send to Brazil because here, when arrive, they put a lot of taxes. So maybe the costume will cost like two times more. So, for example, I want to buy Irina's costume. It's mother of Daria. And I go to Ukraine in April. So I will call her, ask to do the costume. And when I arrive in Ukraine, I take it. So we we'll do it like that. Hope that will fix on my body because a little bit fat. <laughs> and if you don't fix it, I need to lose weight to, <laughs> to wear the costume. But normally I try to do like that. But uh, when I go to some country, I like more to buy material like fabrics or crystals. I'm always impressed looking at your videos. You have such a wide and sometimes long skirt. I'm always impressed how you don't <laughs> mess around with them, but looks very, very gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. It, when I start, you know, when I start to dance, uh, I didn't have so so much idea about how big is the belly dance world. So in that time, I just know one guy from my city, not one, two guys from my city that was doing belly dance, and he was doing. They are uh, was doing with like two pieces, like one. And, and not skirt, but pants and open. And I was like, mm, I don't want to use that. I, I want something different and I, I need something not like this. I don't want to dance with two pieces. I was fat and insecure. I have like, um, I don't trust in, on my body. I don't, didn't like my body in that time. So I was talking with my mom and she she told me like, Igor, do you see some videos from maybe guys from Egypt or like this? And I found video from Tommy King. And I was like, oh my God, he danced like, it's one type of skirt, but also have pants. Okay, so I'll do like one dress and pants. When I start with this, so much people tell me like, this is wrong. Guys can't do, can dance with dresses. It's like... Men need to use men's clothes. Women need to use women's clothes. But my mom tell me like this, Igor, art is for everyone. And one, uh, when the artist is in the stage, he don't have sex. He can be animal, he can be man, he can be woman, he can be what he want. So if you go to the stage, don't think like dress is for women. It's just one costume. It's belly dance costume. Just do, just do it like that. And I, in that time, also, even now, I don't like when my feet, it's, uh, when I dance and the people can see my feet. I hated my feet. Really, it's like, I think it's the worst part of my body. I like my legs, but I hate my feet. Uh. <laughs> so I start to put long skirts. And even now, I can't dance with short, uh, short skirt. Need to be very long. Normally, I do like, uh, I stay like high in my feet, and after I put like five or maybe ten centimeters more in the skirt. Mm. 
once again, just repeat, we are so hard on ourselves, like, <laughs> my God, you're such an incredible dancer, and uh, um, thank you for sharing, first of all, all this, I think it's very um, important for other people who, we all have our own insecurities, and to have courage to just tell about them, it, it encourages other people to uh, also question, oh, maybe my own insecurities are just projected ones. <laughs> if, if I hear from the person who I really like as a professional dancer, like about these things. So thank you, first of all, for sharing all this. Oh, thank you. And secondly, like such wise uh, uh, words from your mom uh, about, uh, it's so true, like stage is the space that... Uh, Ah, I don't know. It's open for some magic and experiments. It's not about um, person, like is it a guy or is it a woman? Or it's not really. It's about this uh, character, I would say. Although, of course, we are bringing our own personality there, but it's mm -hmm. it's much much bigger than than that. By the way, um, being a, a guy in ballet dance world, I know you mentioned that in the beginning when you were studying, it was very uncommon to see guys involved in ballet dance. Now it's a little bit more common, like we are much more used and there are so many teachers and professional dancers, male dancers in mm -hmm. ballet dance. But still, uh, being a male ballet dancer, is it... Uh, like you looking at all this world, both from student and teacher perspective, do you think it has some advantages or it puts more pressure or some um, extra, I don't know, difficulties? Uh, it depends. It depends. Really, sometimes it's good. Uh, for example, I think uh, I am the only one guy that use skirts so much open and long in like Russian or Ukrainian style but I live in Brazil so don't have so much guys doing this style and with the legs so so open but sometimes it's it's good in the same time it's hard because for example sometimes I receive messages like oh I love your style I want to invite you but my city they will not understand you using skirts so I cannot I can't invite you you cannot go here you cannot came and it's just like oh, okay and this happened like many times also here in Brazil a lot of persons they say like okay he is dancing belly dance but belly dance is not for men it's just for women so I just try to do the best that I can with good quality. And I just pretend that these comments, it's not uh, affect me because sometimes it's really hard. Uh, a lot of people, they, they talk bad in my videos. Sometimes uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, one guy comment, <laughs> the nickname was, I love belly dance. And this person, I love belly dance, write on my video like pathetic. I just write, okay, thank you for your comment. In the next time, I will try to do better. Just like that. Uh, but when it's from Arab guys or Arab girls, it's even worse. Uh, because I, I don't know, they have different culture. My, I think my mom have very free mind, very open mind. So she understands that it's a stage, so we can do um, very different, very interesting. 
uh, we can use our creative. For example, uh, okay, I'm, I'm doing belly dance, but uh, I was inspired by Oriental routine. So I just do like Igor uh, fusion show, something like that. But it's just my, my way to dance. I just show my feelings on the stage. But when you, some other people, they see my videos, they talk bad, like uh, he's faggy and wish that he and his family all, they will go to, to hell. They wish that I can die, something like that. It's really bad. So I just delete these comments because they don't, it's like, if I like something, I go there and I comment good stuff. It's like, wow, you are amazing, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. If I don't like it, I just change, change video to something that I like it. I don't lose my time to comment something bad or something really rude to someone. I think that I have something better to do. You know, I, I like more to spread love and I don't want to, to lose my time, spread hate or bad comments. This is not nice. My mom, my mom always tell me like that, do with the other persons what you wish that other persons do with you. This is a very powerful reminder and uh, uh, again, thank you for sharing because I think uh, from time to time we all, like regardless of the topic, we all will get those uh, nasty comments, especially with social media, but somehow it's uh, it opens a lot of possibilities, but at the same time social media kind of makes people think that they are allowed to do something like that, that I'm sure most of them will not never say anything like that in person. But if it's on screen, if it's typed, they sometimes forget that they are actually talking to an actual person and people. And people will always find reasons what to comment about. (laughs) But uh, um, it was interesting to hear your experience, how you handle it and how you don't let it interfere with your love with Baladins. Because I think a lot of people, they're afraid to put themselves out on social media because of those comments. What would you suggest people to, how to handle if they receive such comment on whatever topic it is, but something not very pleasant. And obviously we're not talking about constructive criticism here. We are talking about one of those that are just for the sake of commenting something bad, how to not take it personal and how like, or how to handle it and to move on. Like how, how, how do you handle it? For example, um, of course, different countries, different cultures, also different education. So I just try to respect everyone. So, for example, on my education, I never go to someone's video to write bad things. I just, if I like it, I will write good. If I don't like it, I just, I just leave and I just change. I, I always do it like that. So I always respect. If it's different from my education, if it's different from my culture, I respect because it's different point of view. If the person don't like me, if this person wish that I, I can die or something like that, okay, I, I respect this opinion because it's not my culture, it's not my education. So I just don't care. But even when it's like Brazilian people talk bad on my videos, I understand that they don't have real facts to say. You know, for example, 
one time one guy he came to me and say like it's very good but he's telling lies because Lulu Sabonji and Ju Marconato these girls from Brazil they never teach for guys and blah 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 uh, guys can't dance belly dance is just for women and it was like and I tried to write to him like look Lulu is my teacher Ju mm-hmm. it's my friend I have Ju on Instagram we talk uh, in WhatsApp uh, she's also already give me classes so times the time is changing so lulu is my teacher you can you cannot go to my video and write that lulu never give men's class because she have she give and he was angry like no you can't do this because i dance and blah 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 and i was like why why i'm losing my time try to explain to this guy it's like if the person have the mind open and, of course, respect other uh, human being, it's okay. But if the person have some problem or maybe... I also need to understand because, for example, in Arab countries, if one guy see one man like me dancing in his skirt, uh, have makeup, long hair and blah, 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 he will be like, oh, my God. This is Haran, it's Sharmuta, and blah, blah, blah. It's different culture. Mm-hmm. He, he's not ready yet to, to accept what I'm doing on the stage. Uh, I try to always open my mind, always to accept the new things. Because I like it when we learn more and when we walk front, always up, 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 up. When we try to close our mind I think that we just walk back, 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 and we start to be more rude. We start to, to lose our education. When you are just with the the mind more free, you have more, I think you have more happiness, you have more um, education, you, you see the persons in different way. For example, here in Brazil, I have a lot of problem with uh, racism, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, black persons is that, black persons is that. Everyone is the same. Everyone has the same rights. If I go to the stage and dance uh, with monkey or with like lion costume or like uh, mouse costume, I can do this because it's my right, it's what I want and the people need to respect. It's just that. I think the, the most of the problem, it's about respect. The people in social medias, they don't know uh, about this. They do in like in real, in face to face, they can respect. But when it's internet, they maybe they hide or something like that. They they put, they show this bad, this dark part from the soul. So I just don't care. I one friend of mine, she say like that. I choose light. I don't choose darkness. So if someone show darkness, it's like, okay, that is not mine. It's from that person. So I delete it like, that is not mine. Leave it and just do what you like. It spread love. And I think it's better way. Uh, so true. And uh, it's not only about lack of respect, but it's also, I feel people trying to uh, bring their self-esteem somehow by this uh, 
and uh, uh, thinking that by commenting or saying or creating these uh, stories, uh, they put themselves as experts at something. And it's so ridiculous that people can uh, come up. Then it comes to social mm -hmm. media, it just uh, booms up because they don't have anyone even to confront uh, yeah. uh, with. Uh, like, it's all via screen, so... But you know, when these people do this type of... They create stories, they do this... They don't have no one to confront. But if you don't care, it's like, oh, uh, Igor is Charmuta. He's going to other countries to to be prostitute and blah, blah, blah. If someone say that and I never confront, like, it's like, I just don't care. I just don't care because this person is not important. He don't know me and who really Uh, it's important for me, like my family, my friends, my organizers, they know the truth. So this is what it, what matters for me. Mm. So I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. Igor, uh, before I ask you our final podcast question that I always finish with, uh, can you tell us, uh, please, uh, where what is the best way to follow your dancing? Um, and also... Uh, what are your some upcoming trips where people can catch you in person in a few next month, maybe early 2019 plans or, or anything like that? Mm. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and also in YouTube. YouTube, I put more like my complete videos, but Instagram, I see every day. Facebook, normally I don't like it so much because the people share so much uh, things that's not useful. So I just became tired from Facebook. But Instagram, I love it. I really love it. And everyone that can write me, that write me Instagram, I always will write back. I never will ignore. I always write to the people. I talk with them. I think this is nice because sometimes the people think like, oh, Igor is artist and, and no one can talk to him and blah, blah, blah. But... This is not my reality, you know. I live uh, in my house with my dog, three cats. I wash my clothes. I do my costumes. I give classes. I'm just a normal human being, uh, normal person with normal problems. So if someone write me, anytime I I will talk with this person, and we can, for example, uh, talk with about dance or some problem, some advice. I'm very open about that. Mm. And what are our upcoming trips? <laughs> yes, and the trips normally uh, about... Uh, I, I don't like to put so many trips in the months because it's really, really difficult to go out from Brazil because it's like, for example, Russia, it's two flights. First one, 15 hours. Second one, like 10 hours. So when I arrive in Russia, I look like a whale like very big, <laughs> I can't sleep, I have uh, a lot of, I don't know how to translate, but it's water, I, my so body. A swollen face. Yes, it's, it's difficult. So I put like maximum two travels, international travels in my mouth. So next year, uh, February, I will be in Russia. April, I will be in Ukraine. April and May, I will be in Japan. July, I will be in Italy. Uh, August, I will be in, in Argentina. September, I will be in South Korea. October, I think I will go to to Spain. 
and let me see october november november i don't know yet but maybe mexico the organizer didn't uh, answer me yet probably she will cancel <laughs> and this will be well hopefully another organizer from uh, some other country or mexico will contact you for those <laughs> days too <laughs> um I will definitely put links to your social media and YouTube in the show notes. So for people who, everyone who is listening, it's easy. Just go to the show notes and uh, go connect uh, right away to Igor and his uh, awesome uh, dancing and videos. Uh, if you haven't seen before or you don't follow yet him, he's really amazing. And uh, Igor, thank you so much for taking your time and uh sharing your experience uh, and uh, dance story with us today, as well as some insights into your creative process, into uh, some personal things happening related to, to dance. So thank you so much for taking time and be open to, to talk <laughs> with our listeners today and with me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. For me, it was my pleasure because uh, this is a really good opportunity to show a little bit more about my life, about the way that I think and also a little bit about my experience. This is really important for me. When I start, I saw the people travel all over the world and talking in English or in Spanish. In that time, I just talk uh, Portuguese. Even now, I can't talk English so good. <laughs> I'm still learning. And when I, I saw videos from people travel a lot, I was like, oh, my God, hope that some someday I can do this and maybe one day I can meet the persons that I I really like it, their style. And for Lucky, I think this is my... I, I feel that, that now my dream became true, that I can travel... I not just about the travel it's about like to exchange experience and cultures and make new friends now for example i can open my instagram and send message to to girls in russia or ukraine on korea and say like oh i miss you because i know them i know how they they are and they are really good persons and for example just living in brazil like inside my house uh, I never will meet this person. So when I have the opportunity to meet new uh, new people and new friendships, I really like this because we ex we change exchange energies, we exchange experience, and oh, it's just amazing. It's like a dream mm. for me. That's so awesome. <laughs> And I always finish every episode with the same question. Um, mm -hmm. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. And the question is, um, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so that you keep doing it for so many years? Mm. In the beginning, uh, the reason that I fall in love with ballet dancing was the figure eight. In the beginning was that. For mm -hmm. me, it was difficult. I can't do this. The technique was too complex to my mind. I start to do with the feet, like, have, like, and they are. My feet was, like, mm -hmm. too inside, like, completely wrong. <laughs> After I changed to layback, to backbend, pragip, and, for example, I was so crazy about that movement that I used the word in my passwords. Like, <laughs> like, uh, 
I don't know, like Orkut. Do you know Orkut? Very old uh, social media before Facebook. No. Oh, it was very famous in Brazil. But for example, a Facebook uh, account. Uh-huh. I put like uh, Pragip uh, and number, blah, 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 blah. So I was crazy about that. Now I changed to turns. So every, I think every year I fall in love with different movement. It's oh. always like that. So beautiful. I think two years ago was shimmy. Now it's a little bit turn with with hair. Next year I don't know. But normally I do like that. And also the music. Uh, music for me it's the most amazing. And my favorite music is from Magda Eurumi. It's called Kalimat. That song for me is like oh. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us and if you like this episode it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on itunes or share it with your friends also you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com podcast as well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.